This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors, and I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life, so therapy really helped me get through a lot of that. And online therapy is, in my opinion, even better than going to a therapist's office because, let's face it, our lives have changed the last year or so, and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with, with a therapist so quickly. It takes, in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I, go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the, the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because for many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. Um, so if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our, our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, 
This is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's betterhelp.com slash vibe. Betterhelp.com slash vibe. Go start online therapy. DM me on Instagram. Let me know how it's going. And I hope that you get the help, the support, and the healing that you deserve. Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone. So let's connect and heal our vibe within. Right now, within these chaotic waves, my main goal is not to react to my triggers, for they do not. Deserve a drop of my energy. I choose to take away of least resistance. Everything you did, everything you said is not part of me. So I let it go I let it go I let it go I let it go And I take a breath Hey guys, 
Welcome back to the podcast. This song that you are hearing in the intro is called Let It Go by Matt Bellina and I. We collaborated on this song. I helped him out with the lyrics slash poetry and he brought it to life by creating this song and composing the music and if you're interested in hearing more music we have an EP that's coming out um, an EP is basically a special release album with about five to seven songs so we're really excited about that and I feel like this song really goes hand in hand with what's going on in life right now um, I took a bit of a pause from the podcast uh, almost a month I want to say because I moved I've been going through a lot of transitions I'm creating a new life uh, for myself and it has been a lot a lot mentally physically emotionally um, especially physically uh, I think that we really we don't realize how much the body holds on to energy emotions and stress and that can manifest as not only pain and inflammation and injury, but it can manifest as weight gain, as acne, as all these crazy digestive issues. So I'm going to actually make a solo episode all about this kind of new energy that the collective is going through, manifestation, hypervigilance, how to create a new life for ourselves, you know, being... Being hypervigilant is something that I've been really working on recently because it really keeps me back. It keeps me from reaching my potential and it keeps me from trusting the universe. So I'm really excited to record a solo episode all about that. But today we have an episode with someone super awesome. His name is Chris and he was in the documentary on HBO called Fake Famous. This um, this interview I did with him a couple months ago, and I am really excited to get this one out. He is such a dope person, and right when I watched the documentary, I hit him up instantly, and I was just like, yo, dude, I really fuck with your vibe. I would love for you to come on the podcast. So we talk about all things social media, influencer life, fake famous stuff, um, we talk about just how this culture is so obsessed with being um, famous and well-known and just all the ins and outs. We talk about dating. We talk about experiences we've had in past relationships, toxic relationships, being an entrepreneur, um, just being a human. And he's really funny and he made me laugh and I feel like that's really important right now comedic relief laughter is the best medicine and he is super down to earth super funny super easy to talk to and I had a really good time with this one so I, I think you guys are really really going to enjoy this episode if you want to connect with Chris you can follow him on Instagram um, I'll put all of his information in the show notes uh, as you can hear there is a city sound um, in the background of me recording this intro it's because I'm living in the city now so um, I like the sounds of the city, just so just warning you, some of these intros might have city sounds, but I like it. It's kind of like, for me, it's kind of calming. So anyways, if you want to connect with Chris, 
his Instagram is Chris VS Myself. And the documentary you can find on HBO, uh, HBO Max, and it is called Fake Famous. It's amazing. I think everyone has already watched it, but if you haven't, please go watch it. It's really entertaining, and Chris is an awesome part of the documentary. So uh, without further ado, let's just get right into this episode, and we will connect soon. You don't hear very many people say, oh, like, my family is full of rocket scientists. Like, you don't really hear that every day. Yeah, no, my grandpa, my grandfather, my grandparents raised me. My grandfather, my mom's dad, is a rocket scientist. Okay, that's sick. Um, So let's kind of take it back a little bit. Um, Well, first off, I wanted to ask you, how's your parasite cleanse going? (laughs) Oh, it's going good. I'm glad you just asked. Okay. We love talking about stomach stuff and digestion and poop here. So it's going pretty well. Uh, I think I'm on day eight and it's pretty good. Uh, I think like the intense part of it is just pretty much over. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that I don't have no more parasites living inside of me, especially after that cleanse, because every day when I wake up, I got to shit like three times. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's gone. But you know what? I don't have any symptoms of having parasites, which are, you know, minor things. A lot of people might not recognize, but they might um, cause you to grind your teeth. Mm-hmm. They also cause you to have cravings, things like that. I have no cravings. And that's crazy because I used to, you know, I love to eat. So <laughs> as you're I like, let me just cravings. go grab some snacks before. Yeah. This. I needed some snacks because it is time for me to eat, but I don't have cravings. Yes, I don't have crazy cravings, which is dope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think I had like a lot of symptoms for the parasites. I had like, I was like breaking out. I was, Mm. I was like, I had digestion issues. Just like, like I went to Thailand and Bali when I was, um, in, in 2017 and I got like Mm -hmm. deathly ill for five days and I think that's when I got parasites, like legit. So yeah, I just talked about this a little bit on the podcast because I got um, a series of colonics. Have you ever gotten a colonic before? No. Oh, you told me this, did you? Yeah, I think so. Well, it's good. It's good to like get what a colonic. What is that? They it's... stick a hose in your booty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so... It sounds crazy and it, I mean, it is crazy, but like, I didn't realize how common like, and how cool like it is and like how normalized it is to get these colonics. So I've never gotten one, but then I decided to get a series of three because my friend was like, if you're going to do the parasite cleanse, you might as well go all the way in and just do it. And I was amazed by how much like came out of me, like just poop wise I mean obviously that's what happens when you get a colonic but just (laughs) seeing it and 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 being like I had no idea that that could literally be lodged in there it just (laughs) makes you think like you know years and years of like doing drugs and partying and drinking and stuff like that like that's that's the vibe within right (laughs) yeah I had to cleanse the vibe within yeah also Gab, I got to give you a big, 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 big shout out for being 
a woman who is talking about poop. Every girl I know won't even admit that they poop. So now I just have, you know, I just have an idea in my mind that girls don't poop. Right. So all the fellas out there, if your girl is one of those girls who says, girls, we don't do that. We don't poop. And you come home and you see poop in the toilet. Know that there was somebody there that poops. And apparently just as men poop. So be on the lookout. That's all I'm saying. Gab, yeah. she's over here. She's owning up to her humanity. <laughs> I'm owning up to my shit, like literally. Um, <laughs> yeah, any, I mean, but like in relationships, like I feel like in the beginning, it's like you want, you want that to like be that, that intimacy, like that sexiness. And like once you, once you go over that, once you, once you hit that, that section of like, okay, we poop and we fart in front of each other or like any of that, it's like kind of like game over. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, it's part of being human. Obviously you don't need to tell me every time you do it, but you know, <laughs> at the same time, you ain't got to deny that you do it all together. Like I know that you do it. So. Right. But like, do you think there's like a balance, like when you're in a relationship, like to keep, the spark going like to not because I know I know couples that are just so open like they're just farting and burping in front of each other like all day long and it's like I don't know I mean that's called a hundred percent comfort zone but uh I don't know it depends on what kind of person you are honestly obviously I think that there is a point where you gotta keep the relationship going strong but I don't know if it involves shit quite literally you know what i'm saying well yeah now that we talked about shit and we got that that (laughs) over with um everybody should go do a parasite cleanse and just try it out but okay so i found you on fake famous and literally when i was watching it i was like i was kind of just like taken back by your energy and i was like yo this dude is like one you're funny two you just kind of stood out from the other people with like it seems like your intention and just your overall like mentality of it all. And um, I DM'd you that night and I wasn't thinking that you were going to DM me back or even see it. And I'm so glad that you did see it. And I'd love to just like kind of hear what your, what your life was like before this documentary situation and experience. Like what were you doing? Were you trying to do the influencer thing? Were you, how did this opportunity come to you? Like what was going on? Um, okay. That's a lot. You want to know about my life before the documentary? Mm-hmm. That's deep. Like leading um, up to the documentary, like what was going on and like, how right. did that come into your life? So leading up to the documentary, um, I'd only been in LA for one year. I moved to LA from Tucson. I wanted to change my life. I wanted to create a new outlook on my life. You know, uh, I think I was in a very negative state of mind when I was there. Well, I know I was, and I wanted to, I wanted to destroy that. I wanted to eliminate that. So I came to LA. Now, everybody who knows me knows I've always been this way, right? Everybody knows I'm a character. You know, I like to make people laugh. I got a lot to say. I'm an honest person and I do speak what's on my mind. So, you know, 
people will always be like, man, you need to be on TV. You need to have your own show. You need to do this. You need to do that. You know, that was in Tucson. Obviously, nobody over there was really making that happen. So mm -hmm. came to L.A. And uh, a mutual friend um, between me and one of my, my close homies now, um, she is a casting director for Blackish. And she would watch my Instagram story where I would just, you know, I'll be on Instagram just talking my shit, having a good time, whatever. And uh, she was like, yo, I need to put you on TV. And I was like, okay, well, let's do it. And she said, uh, okay, so come, come do an interview or uh, an audition at her studio. Now, I'm looking at it right now. 7-3-2019, I went mm -hmm. to uh, audition at uh, the big Disney studio uh, over there in Burbank. And uh, I read through some lines. And I told them, I was like, I never did this before. So, you know, but they were like, oh, no, we love you. We, we think you're great. They thought I was so good that they gave her a promotion. Like, basically, they were like, if you're going to bring people in like that, we're going to promote you. So going forward, she said, yo, you know what? I have a friend and she's working on this production and I think you would be perfect for it. So I said, OK, so what, what's up with that? And she's like, well, it's not acting. So I think that you, it's going to be really easy for you. And I said, OK, so what do I got to do? She said, just come over to my apartment. We're going to chill. We're going to smoke. And I'm going to ask you these questions and I'm going to film you. And I said, okay. So I came over and we did that. And then she uh, she took the footage and she made me a self-tape and she sent it in. I still have never even seen the self-tape to this day. I don't really want to see it. But anyways, I was, so then I got a call back. So I pulled up at the audition and I was like, in this waiting room full of all these people who just looked so like, they looked so uptight. Like they looked nervous, they looked scared. And I didn't understand why that was because like, it was no acting involved. So like, you know, like, what are you nervous about? Like, they just gonna ask you a couple of questions, dude. Like, just be yourself. So you didn't know anything about anything that you were going into. No, 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 no. Look, so they don't tell you, like, they don't tell you it's on HBO. They don't tell you. Yeah. They, they basically advertised it as a social experiment that has to do with social media. Okay. So, like, the questions that I answered on that self-tape, they had to do with, like, social media, but it didn't have anything to do with becoming an influencer. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was never really trying to be an influencer. I never was. That was never my my path. Right. So anyways, I go to this audition and everybody's in there looking super tight. And this girl walks in and she's looking all types of exotic. She looked like she's from a place I can't pronounce. So I need to figure out who she is. So I'm like, it's dead quiet in there. And I'm just like, I just start talking. I'm like, yo, who are you? I started talking to her. She has a guitar and stuff. And I'm like, yo, you got to play them a song or what? What's your deal? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, play me a song. 
and she starts playing me a song or whatever i'm having a good time you're like the only That's one it. in there talking like everybody else is just like mute. yeah everybody else is, are so weird eyes glued to their paper and like they are just they're mm -hmm. nervous i turn around this girl's playing me a song i'm in there you know having a good time laughing and shit and I turn around and there's like three cameras on me. And I was like, well, who are y'all? And this lady was like, just act like we're not here. But she was like, I've been waiting for you. And I was like, what you mean? But anyways, anyway, I was just like, all right, whatever. So we get past that. And then I go into the audition room and that's the part. That's like the preview, the intro clip of them asking everybody, mm -hmm. uh, do you want to be famous? And when they asked me, do I want to be famous? I said, no, I don't want to be famous, but I deserve to be famous because I want people to hear the story of who I am and what I've been through. And I feel like I want people to feel this. Yeah. And I told them that and I could kind of see in everybody's face because everybody paused like, I could see that I was the only person that came in with that type of attitude, but that's not a surprise to me. That's my whole life. I've always been the one standout, you know, in a lot of situations. So anyways, I'm just, I leave the audition. I'm thinking, whatever, we going to see what happens. You know, they hit me up and they say, okay, we want to, we want to uh, put you in this production. Now that's when, I start to actually find out what this thing is about, right? How wait, so how long was it from the audition, from that audition to the point where you found out? Um like not that I, long. It wasn't that long. I'll say like maybe like a week, two weeks tops. Oh wow. That's really so yeah. Yeah, it was really quick. So um so I pulled up on our first day, uh None of the footage from that first day was in there, but I pulled up on the first day and we all had a meeting, you know, we all talked, sat down and talked. And, um, so that's the first time I met Dom. That's the first time I met Wiley. That's the first time I met the, the crew officially, uh, Nick Bilton, Annabelle, Steph, all of them. Um, and obviously Okay, now the first thing I'm going to notice, naturally, I'm the only black guy in the room. Okay, cool. So I have questions in my mind of how are these people going to portray me if I'm the only person that's like me in like this Like on room? the crew too? On the crew. I'm talking about everybody. Nobody's black. Nobody. Okay, Nobody. that's weird. It's just me. Um, okay. Did you think that like the, the experiment had something to do with race? Did that like pop into your mind at all? I didn't think about that. My, my thought is about the fact that I'm in Hollywood and I'm about to do a Hollywood production yeah. and I'm the only black person. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. This is my first time doing this. I'm not, yeah. I'm not familiar with this and I don't know these people like that and they don't know me like that. Yeah. But anyways, so they tell us, they're like, look, we want to make you guys influencers or appear to be influencers as a social experiment. And we're going to document what happens as, you know, it progresses. And then basically um, we're just going to see 
we're going to see what happens. We're going to document it. And I was sitting there. I was like, that's cool. You know, they had these big plans for everybody else there. Like, oh, we're going to get you guys makeovers. We're going to get you this and that. And I'm like, yo, you know what? But they're, but they're telling me, oh, Chris, but you don't need a makeover and this and that. So um, at the same time that I knew that they were saying that as a compliment, like trying to flatter me, I also felt like, well, damn, you can't really exclude me from that whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so then, yeah. So basically after that day, that was the day I sat down and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to sign these papers and I'm going to do it. You know, um, I knew that if anything, I was going to get the, get the exposure that I needed. And, uh, so I decided to do it. Now, in my mind, I already knew. I was like, I'm not going to do any of these weird, corny photo shoots. I probably won't even really promote anybody's product unless it's super tight and I actually would use it. And um, I'm just going to be me. Like, I'm not doing anything that's outside of who I am. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I I knew that before I signed the paperwork. So with the with those intentions set, I just went ahead and said, all right. I'm in, you know? And right. so that is how I got to fake famous. Originally, it was called Influence Me. Okay. But then they changed it near the end to fake famous. I think fake famous is more catchy. Okay. Um, when I saw the documentary, uh, there was a woman in the documentary. I think she probably works for HBO or maybe... Maybe she was one of like the experts that they were interviewing. Um, and she said something along the lines of this. When you're famous, everyone praises everything you do. Just like when you're an infant, everyone praises what a three-year-old does, whether it's good or bad. So this culture is desperate for attention and praise and love. She says that this craving for attention is basically a craving for love. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, she's she's kind of accurate. Those people who are really influencers, who are really like doing it for the gram, like they want people, they want to feel like people are looking up to them. People are paying attention to them. People love them. People want to admire them. People want to be, you know, influenced by them. That's, mm -hmm. that's what a lot of them do it for. I mean, I don't know a lot of them, so I can't speak for everybody, but that's the way it seems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's how you go about your life, that's cool. That's your business. but Right. But at the same time, I feel like there's different layers or different like tiers of influencers. Like there are influencers out there who are, who are trying to spread their story, which I want to get back to what you said about how I want people to know my story. I want people to know what I've been through. So let's put a pin in that just real quick. But <clears throat> this like... There's influencers out there who are all body-based. Like, they're just posing selfies with, of their body or whatever. Mm -hmm. then, there's, mm -hmm. then there's the more psychological influencer who's talking about, like, deep spiritual shit and, like, mm -hmm. The trauma. woke influencer. Yeah. And then there's, like, influencers that are all, like... Product-based. Pr yes. Yeah. Product-based mm -hmm. or like... And there's fashion mental, influencers. Fashion, yeah. And like mental mm -hmm. illness influencers. Like there's 
there's like a niche, I guess, for everything. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's where you can see people's intentions. And it's like, you know, I'll get I'll get stuck in these social media traps where I'm like looking at somebody's post and I'm like, like, why? Like, what is this doing? Like, what are you trying to do here? Like, are you trying to help people feel good? Or are you trying? Like, you know what I mean? Mm hmm. So it's just, it's hard to be so like submerged in all of the different types of influencers and find like that happy ground of, okay, what, why am I here? First of all, why am I on Instagram? Why am I on social media? Like, what am I trying to get from it? What am I trying to get out there? So let's um, take it back to what you were saying about that audition. You're like, yo, I just, like, want people to know what I've been through and my story. Like, what have you been through? Like, is there something, like, in your childhood or your adolescence that still sticks with you today that you're healing from? It could be trauma of any sort. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't, worse on, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy to go through all the bullshit that I've been through. And I never needed HBO to prove I'm influential. And I say that because I've been through a whole lot of shit. I've been through a whole lot of shit that I can't understand why I was chosen to be subjected to it. Um, so my, I mean, I have, I have multiple things, but one of the biggest things that sticks with me and it's still with me today is the fact that my mother, uh, she's basically very mentally ill and she was a drug abuser um i think she's doing pretty okay right now but she has been for years she probably has been on that path for more than half of my life so i've seen her go from rock bottom to having a seemingly normal good life to uh getting married to uh, my sister's dad, um, to losing everything again, going down an even worse path. Um, that path includes so much. That path includes, you know, severe drug abuse, severe, j just just a lot, a lot of a lot of devilish things, a lot of evil things, you know. Um, prostitution, all types of shit. And as I grew into an adult, those things became more apparent to me and I was able to understand what was actually going on because I had lost my childlike innocence to kind of be in the dark as to like, what's going on? Why is my mom like this? And why is she doing the things that she's doing? Because then, you know, it, it changes. Your life changes when your parent needs you mm -hmm. to come get them out of a situation. You understand? And like when you have to pull up and you see what that situation is being a grown ass adult and understanding like, whoa, like this is what you were just doing. Like these are the people that you was just with. Everything changes, right? So my perception of so many things is I'm, I'm healing, but my perception of so many things was really, really messed up. Like my perception of women was fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like 
you you really won't be the same. And if you if you have to see what I've seen, you really won't be the same. You won't view it the same way. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's just that's just that's one piece. But that's something that was close to me. That was something that I constantly was going through. And that was one of the reasons why I left Tucson when I left Tucson, because I felt like no matter how many good things that I did and how much positivity I had in my mindset and how many positive intentions I had, I couldn't get away from that because I can't change that person. Mm -hmm. And that person is going to do what that person wants to do. So it's just many things that many things that go through your mind, you know, like when somebody tells you that they love you, when, when your mom, when your parents tell you that they love you, but you can see that they don't really love you more than they love a habit or more, more than they love a, a, a substance. You know what I'm saying? And you can really see that that's habit and that substance really has complete control over them. Yeah. And it got to the point where all I would do is go to my studio, go to the shop that I would work on my brand from and go home. Those are the only three places I would go because sometimes I would drive down the street and I would see my mom and my mom would be fucked up and she didn't look good. You know what I'm saying? And I got sick of seeing that and I got sick of going through that. And she was, obviously she was causing all types of problems for my other family you know my grandparents obviously have to deal with it my little sister had to deal with it uh you know so i just feel like a lot of people might think that everything is all good you know what i'm saying i grew up in the suburbs like we weren't in the hood you know my mom was never in we weren't in the projects we weren't in the ghetto we weren't even in a in a setting or an environment where those activities and that lifestyle that she that she fell into it wasn't even really like around you know what i'm saying tucson is just a very random place so if you have a bad habit most likely you can find a group of people in a crowd that you can support that bad habit with you know and if you have a good habit that's true too but it's not as easy to go somewhere with that habit you know yeah. You said um, that it kind of like what I like to call this or what this is called in psychology terms is the mother wound. And it doesn't have to be your literal mother. So if anybody's listening and they have just a motherly, you know, matronly figure um, in your life, like that could that could give you this wound, too. And like, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast about how I have, uh, you know, a lot of issues with my mo- my mother as well. Um, how did it, you said that it kind of like altered your perspective on women. Like, how did that whole experience with your mom alter your perception on women? Well, I mean, look, like my whole perspective of, of you know, sex and just pursuing women was completely like detoured and sidetracked because like man for any any fellas out there listening like you will never look at pussy the same if you knew that your mom was selling pussy you would not you know what i'm saying and yeah 
Once that, once I had to face that, it changed me because I started to understand things deeper than just man and woman. I'm talking about, I'm talking about self-worth. I'm talking about, you know, selling your soul. You know, that's what selling your soul is. That's what selling your soul looks like and feels like, you know, completely abandoning it and using your body as this, you know, just this thing that you have no care for. You know, you take all of the hatred and self-loathing that you have going on in your mind and you subject your physical being to it because that's the only way you know how to you know, cope or that's how you go through it. You know what I'm saying? And so it was like, you know, I was, I think I was, I was like 24, you know, I went to a four year university. So, you know, there's girls all the time, girls around, but I was never a dude that was just like chasing girls 24 seven. It just wasn't my thing. Like, you know, um, and did that make a lot of girls like gravitate towards you? (laughs) Girls would just think like, how is this guy not completely obsessed with me? You know, like if I was talking to a girl or like hanging out with a chick and like she's trying to do something to like catch my attention or, you know, you know how it goes. You know how the dynamic is. And I'm just like really not phased by it or really not paying it too much attention. They would just be so confused. Like, ah, like how is this guy not just completely drooling over me and obsessed with me you know I was never taught to be that way I was I never it wasn't in my it wasn't in my upbringing I didn't it's that mother wound swag (laughs) and it's also that that daddy was a straight player swag because my daddy my dad he he's the type of man that can't nobody tell him shit he ain't checking in with nobody and he's not answering to nobody and that goes for all relationships in his life. And uh, yeah, you know, my dad, he's a he's a real, he's a real unique and suave dude. You know, he's from Jamaica and uh he's a he's a popular one with the with the ladies, I would say. All the girls, all the girls I know were like, oh my God, that's your dad. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, you know. My dad is just kind of like, he does his own thing and that's how he is. So part of it is DNA and part of it could be that mother wound for sure, you know? Yeah. So that's where you got your swag from, your dad, just being like, you know, whatever. And like, you know, it's it's like a combination of both. So yeah. my dad yeah. wasn't really like around though. I, I got to okay. say that my dad became my a deeper relationship with my dad formed once I already was a man because to be real, as much as I love my dad, the fact is he's not like a fatherly type of guy. You know, he's not like grandparents took, took care of. Yeah. My grandparents raised me. So like my dad was just doing, he was just being him. He was living his life. He was doing him doing whatever he wanted to do, you know? And I'm pretty sure my dad had hot boy summer for 25 summers, probably. You know what I'm saying? So he probably still trying to do hot boy summer. He out the, he looks like my brother. Real shit. When people yeah. see us, they don't know that I'm his son because he's he look young. But um, yeah, so 
he didn't have like a major, major influence on me as a child. I know that I was, I had, I had some trauma with him too, because I couldn't understand why I was so distant from him. You know, I wanted to have a relationship with him so much, but he was so, he was just so immature. You know what I'm saying? Like the nigga was not ready to be a dad. Like he, he's not trying to be a father. He's trying to go to the club. He's trying to fuck with some hoes, you know? He's trying to go smoke and drink with his homeboys. Like, that's what he wants to do. And he's also, like, you know, we came up in this time where, like, everything is so, like, hip-hop and, like, hyper-masculinity and all of this stuff was, like, so apparent that, like, I couldn't just really just be me and be around my dad and uh, and other like males in my family without being made fun of and you know what I'm saying I, it was just always jokes about my clothes about just the way that I was I've always been different you know I, I like to I have a crazy style you know what I'm saying I'm versatile I, I can do all types of things you know I know you have a crazy style because I saw in one of the scenes in Fake Famous you were wearing um you were wearing like a blanket. Oh sweater. yeah, let's you know, go. I, saw that, I was like, holy shit! Like that's like a granny blanket that he transformed into like this poncho that just that's like right. looks sick. So I was just like, dude, this guy is awesome. When I saw that, um, but okay, to bring it back to what you were saying, like about your mom, mm-hmm. I think there's this like misconception of like you know when 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 a kid has a parent that's just like going through something like that the kid or the child will automatically kind of um self project that like it's got to be my fault or it's got to be um you know like you said you know she loved me but she didn't love me enough like or more than like mm-hmm. the habit and like that whole thing can can be very like traumatizing i guess just to to feel like that shame or that guilt and i feel like there's there might be a lot of people like listening right now who are still in that who are still and it's a, like healing trauma is a lifelong thing but there's a lot of people who are still stuck in that like shame that guilt that i wish that it was another way and it's like the older we get, I feel like we really have to like say we can't change them. We can't change our parents. What like what helped you kind of you said you moved and that probably helped a lot. But so what look, helped you kind of like mentally get through that? I'm going to tell everybody like you have to have you have to have faith. And when I say faith, I don't mean that you have to believe in jesus or allah or buddha or any of that you have to have faith that you are being guided by something that you might not be able to explain so you got to understand that every situation that you're in you're supposed to be in it and even if that's a painful situation you got to understand what is that teaching you why am i in this situation why why do I have to go through this? You know, you can't just ask why me your whole life. At some point, you have to figure out what did this situation give me that now I have an edge over 
other people in my same position? Or what did I go through that gave me an edge and an advantage to take an opportunity that a lot of other people can't take? You know what I'm saying? Um, I had to start looking at it like that. I had to start looking at it like, yo, I've literally, I've literally been through the worst shit I could, I could think about, you know, that's, you know, my mom, that's just, that's one thing, you know what I'm saying? There's other stuff that I've been through, you know? And like, I, I feel, I really feel that I have seen it all as far as like darkness and like really bad shit. I've seen it. And like, I had to start thinking about it. Like, you know what? There's a reason why I had to go through all of this. And then I started to understand like, yo, people out here ain't even been through what I've been through. Like you couldn't even take a walk in the shoes. You know what I'm saying? And I had to, I had to basically internalize all of the pain and say, but you know what? I still know what I'm worth and I still know that I'm a special person. And so I'm going to use this to build that person that I am. And although we ain't nobody built perfect, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to use those things to be a part of yourself. Everything ain't going to be perfect. You ain't going to be for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And the quicker that you can accept that and understand that, your life will start to feel better to you. Because, like, if people ain't been through what you've been through, at the end of the day, they ain't got no right to make you feel like you ain't worthy to make you feel like you're, you know, you're not a good person. Like if you, if you can't go through what I've already been through, then we can't really even have that deep of a conversation. You know, you can't question my character, you know, do what's right. You got, you gotta, you gotta know that you're being guided, but you have to surrender yourself to that and you got to trust and then it will start to happen. That's the way that it happened to me. Yeah. I like wasn't, like go ahead like how you're saying like you're not going to be for everybody i feel like every influencer or person or human in the world like really needs to embody that and embrace that because people get so hung up on relationships that didn't work out friendship mm -hmm. breakups like you know which is even weirder because people don't really talk about friendship breakups as much as regular like romantic breakups it's like mm -hmm. it's like yo like you can't make everybody happy people grow apart um everybody's got their trauma and we're kind of all like trying to fit together and puzzle pieces and like sharing these stories that you're sharing about what you're going through is going to create like an opening of you know connection with people and it's like mm -hmm. That surface level stuff like I, it's really hard for me to have surface level conversations because I share so like much of myself on social media and my podcast so when I have surface level conversations I'm kind of like looking into their soul and I'm like what have you been through like tell yeah. me you know yeah yeah because that's the only way that we can truly relate to other humans you know you've been through what I've been through. You, you've, you felt what I felt, you know, what they say about hurt people is hurt. People want somebody to hurt like them sometimes. So, you know, um, I think that's, also that's just why the way that like, it is. Yeah. And like why we attract 
when we're in that kind of like energy frequency of like, you know, kind of feeling shitty about yourself or feeling unworthy. I saw you were, you were talking about unworthiness in your stories. It's like when we're trapped in that energy, we keep attracting people who are going to treat us like shit or, you know, not really give us all their energy or. Or they're know. just unworthy of your time, period. Yeah. You're going to attract some motherfuckers that are unworthy of you. That's what's going to happen. If you feel like you're down on yourself and you feel like you aren't worth it or you're not you're not appraising your self-worth at what you're really worth, if your value is lower than it actually should be in your own mind, well, you're going to attract that, you know? Yeah. What would you tell someone? So, like, we did get a couple of questions about, like, emotionally abusive relationships um, because I talk about that a lot on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Have, have you been in a, in a most, an emotionally abusive relationship? Wow. Like, I mean... <laughs> What would you tell someone who is in one or getting over one? Um, Your experience, like. I had a relationship that was just. I don't know. I, how do I say this? Like. Her ass was crazy as hell. Oh, my God. Like. And I thought that I was just biased because, like, I'm on the other side. And then finally, my grandmother was like, yo, there's something wrong with her. Like, (laughs) there is something wrong with her. Like, her mind ain't working right. And it was just very, like, it was just very, like, I wasn't good enough for her because I wasn't doing everything that she thought that a boyfriend should do, that she saw these boyfriends on Instagram and whoever else, the boyfriends of her friends, all the stuff that they were doing. And so I wasn't good enough because I was me and I'm, you know, I'm going to do what I do in my own way. I was never a cheater. I was never, uh, I, I was never a liar. I just, you know, you I'm just me. I'm living up to expectation yes and and she knew she also knew that i was very very invested into my craft and my passion and that was and that nothing was going to come in between me and that and that i feel that that made her insecure it made her jealous of my time and then from that like things just stemmed from that that i could not predict and she ended up put in my mental state through hell actually that was one of the that was the one of the last breaking points before i left tucson she wasn't even from america and i remember that when her visa was up i dropped her off at the airport and you know we said we was gone you know we were gonna keep it going whatever but that day after i dropped her off from the airport oh my god i could just feel like even my brain felt like it was wearing chains. Like them shits just came off. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm free now. And. Wow. I mean that. So it, it happened just like that. I broke up with her ass. I told her I was going to come over to Africa and see her. Then she started tripping. Like the same day I bought the ticket, I canceled that shit. And I was like, look, we done. Like 
I'm done. I'm not going through this. I'm definitely not going through this long distance. Like I, there's no way I'm going to let a phone stress me out. There's no motherfucking way. So broke up with her. And as I reflected, I was like, wow, that was a really toxic relationship because like, yeah, like I just was not very happy, but like, you don't realize it though until you're out of it and you, uh, you take a step out and it's because oh but i did it, i did i did realize it so you're i have it. i have these moments with myself okay i have these moments with myself and they happen a lot when i'm alone this episode is brought to you by the reserve the Reserve is a U.S.-based brand that focuses on superfoods, and I've been super obsessed with superfood powders the last, I don't know, four years, five years, so I'm pretty open with my holistic healing journey with my Hashimoto's and thyroid stuff and gut health, so I'm going to tell you guys a few of the products that I really like and how I actually use them and incorporate them in drinks and smoothies. So the first product that I tried is the Immunity Booster Blend. And what this is, is a powder that has echinacea, elderberry, reishi, and astragalus. And all of these superfoods are really amazing for boosting your immunity, your immune system, and keeping you healthy and strong. I also really, really love the Lion's Mane Powder. Lion's Mane is a an adaptogen mushroom powder and this helps with boosting energy naturally it's packed with antioxidants and it's really help it's really good for your for your brain health i love using the, the lion's mane powder in my coffees in my smoothies in my iced coffees and i like to blend it up in the blender even if i'm making a hot beverage and blending it all up and it gets super frothy they also have organic ashwagandha, which is an amazing superfood powder that also helps with energy boosting. It balances your mood. It's been known to help uh, regulate your hormones. It also has been known to help people who are struggling with anxiety and depression. It's also a really good source of dietary fiber. Uh, it's vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free. All of their superfood powders are amazing, and it's really easy to just throw them in smoothies, throw them in your bowls. You can even cook with them. You can actually cook with the ashwagandha because it doesn't really taste like anything. So you can make that, you can put that in your stir fries, you can put that in salads and dips and spreads. And they also have the blue spirulina, which you can also do. You can you can actually make a blue spirulina guacamole. That's really good. You can put it in almond milk and make like a blue magic type of milk. So I really think you guys are going to love all of the powders that the reserve has. You can go and check them out at fromthereserve.com and you can use code GAB40 for 40% off of your purchase. That's fromthereserve.com and use discount code GAB40 for a discount. And I believe it's because I was mostly an only child. I didn't have a sibling until I was 16. We have a big age gap. Mm -hmm. And when I was an only child, uh, when I was a kid, I know that I would just realize things like very randomly 
things would just cross my mind and I would figure things out and I would be like, wow, why did I just understand that all of a sudden? Like a download. Yes. And it still happens to this day. And I remember like I was driving in the car and uh, Andre 3000, Hey Ya came on and he's like, he's like my favorite artist. And uh, anyways, if anybody who really knows what that song is about, it's not a happy song, but I I heard that song and I literally had to like stop the car and I pulled over and I was like overwhelmed with this feeling of I am so unhappy in this relationship that I'm in. Like I fucking hate it and I can't like, I don't know how to I don't know how to like I didn't know how to get out of it because for some reason the part of me that would usually just assert myself in situations and just be like look nah I don't like that it was being suppressed you know so I felt that I couldn't be me and it was just it was just uh, a multitude of personality traits that I felt like were not true to myself and I finally realized I was like wow I'm really unhappy with this and that's when it started that's when i started to be like okay i'm gonna end this i'm gonna end this very very soon um <laughs> i feel like but, there's always that, that moment where you're just like i'm done i'm fucking done to be real that was like one of my that's like my first real serious relationship and that was like after college you know what i'm saying how long and was uh Shit, it was like a year and some change, you know. We did a lot, we went a lot of places, we explored a lot of a lot of things together, but at the same time, I was like, No, you're a little bit too much. And I can't, I just can't be me. Like, I can't do me. Like, you want me to, you want like I remember specifically okay this is just something that would not work with me because of who i am you want to go to the mall we were in we were in we were in copenhagen we were in denmark okay she wants me to go to wherever i guess wherever they shop the mall and buy some shit so that we're kind of like matchy matchy on new year's for some pictures i'm like motherfucker i am a whole artist and a designer like i don't shop at the mall you never seen me shop in the mall we've never shopped at the mall before you've never known me to shop at the mall you know that my ass be at goodwill like what am i gonna find yo and i remember being like babe really like this is like, this really not me. Like, I don't want to do this. And she was hot. She was, she went off the chain on that trip. That's the first time I realized I was like, oh shit. Like she, she a little bit crazy. Like, and you're like in Copenhagen. (laughs) Yes. I'm in a foreign country. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where to go. And like, I was really about to like buy a hotel and just like, I don't know, like go be by myself because she started acting wild. She started throwing shit. She started getting aggressive. And I was like, okay, nah, all because I was like, yo, I'm not about to like, I'm not about to do that. Like you set a boundary and like, it's almost like this girl, like 
you weren't your life wasn't her you had other other interests yes like, exactly so the fact and and there's some girls who just aren't okay with that and i think nah. that, that's actually something i wanted to ask you is just like well first off before i ask you this question what's your sign your astrological oh, sign i'm a, i'm a big goat i'm a capricorn I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. Okay. This is why, this is why you, you, that, that whole situation like triggered you because you're like, no, like you're very work oriented. And like, Mm -hmm. I had a feeling that you were a Capricorn anyways, but, um, what's like your dating experience been like, um, maybe after, you know, fake famous came out, like, are you dating? Like, like DM. (laughs) Like what the fuck? Like I'm sure you got like so many DM slides. Um, what's what's up with that? I'm actually like I'm really not. Oh my god! I'm sorry. My phone is going crazy right now. Jesus. Um, I'm actually not dating. My dating life is just so so in the casket right now. Same. And um, I kind of like. Like, yeah, like, I'm just not focused on it because I kind of put it into my mind. I was like, this is not my time for that. This is not my time to focus on that. After her, I was like, wow, look how much time just went by. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like, that's a lot. And I was like, okay, am I happy with all that I accomplished in that amount of time? And I kind of looked, reflected and was like, Eh, nah, I think I could do better. So I kind of just, I don't really, I'm not really dating. Also the whole COVID thing got a lot of people shook and, you know, they ain't trying to meet up. And also I don't have dating apps. Um, Some people did slide. Yeah, I don't, I don't have them anymore. I used to, I used to be on them, but I felt like they were very toxic. So I deleted all um, I haven't had them in like maybe down like maybe like a year now. Um, yeah. So I did have some chicks slide in the DM. Whoa, crazy! I had I, some chicks slide on my DM like, like, like very aggressively, like very, very, very aggressively. Okay. Well, this is some of my quick fire questions that I definitely wanted to ask you. Let's do um, it about this kind of stuff okay what what's been you know the the craziest dm slide that you've gotten or what's the craziest dm slide and what's like the most annoying dm slide uh they could be different you know no i'm gonna keep it professional the craziest dm slide that i got was drum roll please uh virgil abloh dm dm'd me and I just felt like that was just mad. Like I was on my phone and I was like, Virgil Abloh just sent you a message. And I was like, what? Like, excuse me. Um, that was cool. That was crazy in a good way. Now yeah. we're going to go the other way. Crazy. Like, yo, this, this one girl, I don't know who she is. I don't know who she is. She found me on fake famous. She sent me a DM. And like the first one she sent me was like, was like some nudes 
And I opened it and I was just like, whoa. And I think I sent her the emoji of the like the big eyes, you know, the like <laughs> the surprise face. And and then she was like, and then she was like, she was like, oh yeah. And she then she sent me another like another thing. And then this was like a whole like pornographic like video. And I was like, really like I was in my crib with my boys and I was like yo like we were going crazy we were like dog what in the world like this is my first look at groupies um yeah yeah so yeah that was crazy and then annoying I think the annoying ones are the ones that okay let me just go ahead I'm gonna air this shit out right now yeah, okay. air it out. Let Open it out. the window up and air it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Roll the windows down. <laughs> People will DM me talking about, I saw you on Fake Famous, this and that. I really fuck with you and I fuck with your brand, but I feel like you didn't do the experiment the right way. But the experiment is still going. You came to my page and you <laughs> messaged me to tell me that you fuck with me, but I didn't do the experiment correctly. I think the experiment is going just fine. <laughs> and I don't really owe you shit. So there you and go. I the mean- worst thing, the worst part, the worst part, the absolute worst part is most of the people that fall into that category are black people like myself. The only black person you saw on that whole production represented himself authentically and did not sell out. And you have the nerve to come to my page and tell me, I don't think you did it right. That's funny to me. Exactly. So it's just an experiment, an experiment, and experiments, an experiment. All three of you had completely different experiences with exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. So, we're three totally different personalities, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a little bit annoying. I was getting a little annoyed with that because I was like, there's no logic. Why are you on my page then? You know? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and the experiment is still going, I guess, because isn't the I don't want to put too much like information out there. Like everybody needs to go watch the documentary, but the one girl, uh, the main girl, also has, you know, a ton of followers on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yo, they, Dom looks like a real influencer on the gram. So, yeah. What's your, what's your perspective on that? Because it, it started in fake, being a fake influencer, but now you're saying she looks like a real influencer, but deep down she's. she's I think that it was just just as it was a great opportunity for me to get exposure, it was a great opportunity for her because she's an actress and she's she started getting booked and taken yeah. more seriously because of her social media presence. And like, that's great. That's that's all I can say. What what do I think about it? Is I think that she was more she was more she was made to be turned into like this fake perception because she naturally she's an actress so she says i'm down to play the role right which makes her already like the one of the best candidates to do it if you just want to see how much people will will change the way they act towards you you know 
and it kind of it's shitty but it's like put sending out that message to like everybody who's watching the documentary like yo this is how like the world is working right now like mm-hmm. followers is is like currency, currency. and it's it's fucking gross Disgusting. like you know and it's like yeah i get it like we all and i wanted to ask you this too like what do you now it's just now that i've seen the documentary and i'm i've been a quote unquote influencer for like a little while but i'm more focused on the podcast like that's that's more real to me than instagram but now everybody's like got their own brand like everybody's trying to sell themselves as like a brand or an expert at something and it's like does that what's your what, what's your pet peeve with that or what, how do you feel about that i feel like if you're the right person for that then go for it if you feel like that's your calling because like look influencer culture and like brands using people to promote their product via social media is a it's a marketing strategy first of all they're turning you into the product essentially right so when they look at you and your number of followers they see value in you that's why they're hitting you up saying we want to send you some shit we want you to promote whatever if you feel like that's who you are and you like that then go for it but at the same time you do need to understand that you can't bet all your chips on that shit because just like everybody who was on MySpace and everybody who was on Facebook, when I was on Facebook and I was on MySpace and probably when you were too, yeah. like, where are they now? Where where are they at? You feel me? Where's Where are those apps at? Who's using them? You understand what I'm saying? Like, this yeah. can't be forever. Like, it can't be, It's it's just not, I don't feel like it's a wise move because like once this, you know, era of Instagram dies out, then what kind of job are you going to have? Do you think it's going to die out? I mean, mean, I've had this thought a lot and I'm like, I hope like low key, I hope it does, but low key, I don't think it's going to. Probably it will, it will become, it will become less cool to people is what I predict. It's, it might never die. They're always going to find a way to improve it. Like it's the like app has already grown so crazy, you know, from 2013, I got Instagram, like, and we just yeah, had it. Yeah. We just had it just like posting pictures, me and the homies. And like, we did, I, I didn't know that it was going to be like this, obviously, but I think it's like this. It's, it's a tool. It's a marketing tool. It's a, you know, it's a business. So yeah, it probably can go on forever, but like, is it going to have the same appeal to everybody over time? I don't think so. Like, I think it's probably going to get a little corny, just like Facebook got a little corny, just like MySpace got a little played out. Like it's bound to happen. There's only going to be new apps, you know? Yeah, and I think people are waking up to how fake people are. I mean, yes. there's there's so many accounts out there who specifically, like, I, I follow a lot of, like, body positivity kind of accounts, mm-hmm. and they will show, like, this is what your ass looks like 
in this in this position and then this is what your ass looks like when you're in like an influencer position and it's just like the more accounts like that that go out there yeah thank god like we need that because people are literally comparing every aspect of their lives like relationship and money and traveling to these people who are getting everything handed to them you know yeah and also like people are just like they're not i don't know for a fact but like nobody's getting that cool of stuff for free i'm gonna go ahead and say that like they couldn't land me those influencer posts with the brands that i actually gave them because those brands were like we don't need no fucking influencers like our shit is the bomb you know what i'm saying and the people people, yeah people are um i don't know the thing is for me i don't feel like you should just do it just for whatever for products products can't pay your bills products can't buy you a new you know what i'm saying it can't buy your mama house so i feel like people need to actually develop their own product or their own service or broadcast whatever makes you special. What can you do that you feel like nobody else can do like you, you know, do that. You don't need to do this shit that everybody else is doing. Yeah. It's not like a cookie cutter. Like everybody's been through some kind of fucked up trauma. And I feel like your trauma can, can mold you into like what you're meant to be doing Mm -hmm. here on earth. Like how you can help people, you know, and your ability to deal with it. Yeah. You know? Um, okay. One, a couple more quick fire questions. Um, someone asked if there was a celebrity that you would, like a, a famous celebrity that you would um, reach out to or DM slide, who would it be? <laughs> if I could DM any celebrity? And they were single. Oh, so we're talking about like somebody I'm like potentially interested in? Like, yeah. Like, like what's your celebrity like type? Oh, Okay. Let me see. Mm, I think I have to look at Instagram real quick to figure this one out. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Like, let me just, okay, let me go look at photos you've liked, and this will help me answer this question. Photos you've liked. In the meantime, um, I'm going to share with you, I'm going to share with you a pickup line that somebody sent me in my DMs while you're looking for your answer. This right. guy said, are you the security camera screen at the entrance of a grocery store? Because I can see myself coming inside you. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> like, savage yo that's crazy that's a crazy one that's a that's crazy a one. crazy one wow that, that, that's like he just went for it and he was like fuck it you know like i'm not gonna answer that gosh this is so hard like this is so difficult for me because like well top three do you like top three top three like yeah. it's tough i don't follow people that i don't know but like celebrity, like like it could be like a singer, it could be an artist, it could be an actress, like who's like oh like when you see them on screen or on their video like, or something. Where's where's Christina Milian at this point in time? What does she I look like? I don't know, but she's 
she was pretty fire and sexy and she's the bomb. Yeah. I'll definitely slide. You feel? Okay. Uh she's <laughs> if Aaliyah was still alive, I would have to try. God, rest in peace. Yeah. Um oh. Let me think. The last one's just gotta be the most fire one. But also, like, I feel like I already know her. She's famous, but, like, we know each other. But, like, I just, you know, I don't feel that I can, like, just slide like that. Why? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't want it to be like, oh, yeah, he tried to slide. And then it's like. Right. But, like, it doesn't you know? have to be like that. Like, so, like, when somebody is, like, ta- thinking about, like, sliding into somebody's DMs, it doesn't have to be, like, yo, like, I really, like, it, it can be so subtle, you know? Right. It can be just, like, hey, what's up? Like, just trying to, like, create that connection, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. what, what's, like, a way that, what's something that you would say to, like, slide into somebody's dms like for people who are listening everything is instagram now i feel like instagram is like this dating app that like (laughs) or it's just a dating app at this point because i've heard so many people like oh yeah i met him on instagram it's like all these like famous influencers like just meeting like their lovers on instagram Mm -hmm. like what the fuck um i'm saying funny shit no matter what yeah i'm definitely saying something funny but that's just naturally me that's yeah. usually how I break the ice. If you post a story that makes me laugh or say something funny, I'm definitely going to respond. Um, but if I feel like you're interesting or if I feel like I'm attracted to you, I'm going to probably definitely just try to keep the conversation alive. I'm a natural conversation starter, so I can't really calculate what I'm going to say. You right. know, I'm just like very in the moment, like I'm just going to type it, send it, whatever. Have you ever been ghosted before? Ghosted? Have you ever been ghosted? Hell yeah! Yo, I've been ghosted. Yeah, but I wasn't really tripping about it. I've been ghosted. I remember when I first came to LA and I was like using dating apps or whatever. Like, I was hanging out with this chick and she was cool or whatever. And we were chilling and she was like, yo, you want to go see a movie? And I was like, yeah. And we went inside the movie and look, everything was going cool. Like she, I wasn't getting the vibe. Like she wasn't having a good time or nothing. Like we was laughing, we were hanging out, whatever. And like, we went into the movie and she was like, oh, I got to take this phone call. And she straight just left the old, like in the middle of the movie, just left. Like I watched that whole movie, like the whole bad boys three was the movie, by the way. Sitting there alone, like yeah, I was like, when is this chick gonna come back? She never came back. Okay. Have you ever ghosted anybody? Ah, uh, have I ghosted anyone? Sometimes it's necessary. Everybody's been ghosted. Everybody's ghosted somebody. Yeah, I definitely. I have to say, I definitely have. Without being too specific, I can't be too specific because I don't know in my mind right now. But I know I've done it. Yeah. But Sometimes not you know. not after we like if we like had sex, like I never ghosted nobody like that. Like I might have okay, talked that's... to you and hung out with you and then like not talk to you again. But like nothing okay, like that. Okay, that happened to me though. What? Like, I had I had like 
Yeah, no, I'm serious. Like I, when I was living in Philly, I was friends with this guy who worked downstairs from the gym that I was working at. And I doubt he's listening to this because he ghosted me. So it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) And so we were friends and then he would always make me juices and like, you know, like write cute names on the cups and like we would flirt and then like got his number and we would hang out and like whatever. And he literally didn't know that I liked him. And he one day he texted me and was like, yeah, I'm going to go on a date. And I was like, I was like, why are you telling me this? Like, why are you telling me that you're going out on a date? Like, are you that dumb? Like, I literally was like, are you dumb? And he was like, like, what do you mean? And I was like, I obviously like you. And you're telling (laughs) me that you're going on a date. Like, I was like, I'm done. Like, I was like, are you serious? And he was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't really know. But, like, guys are so fucking stupid. I'm sorry. (laughs) But, like, like are you like how do you not know like can you not take a sign or body language or anything but like dude so we hung out like that night and got drunk and then hooked up and had sex and then he like ghosted me after that and i was just like whoa yeah like like guys really be like that and like then i think he got a girlfriend and i was just like what the fuck yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I've I've never I've never done like anything like that. My I can't. My conscience won't let me do that. Yeah. So, if we get that far, I had to at least like you. Like I have to like you. You know what I'm saying? And like, if you and like if you don't want to talk to them, like say like you you feel like you're just like not compatible, or you just like need to focus on yourself and like your work and stuff. Like, there's a way to do it there's a way to do it. Like you don't have to just be that guy, that fuck boy dude that just ghosts. Like there's a way to communicate and say like, Hey, absolutely. Like, I'm focus on my- absolutely. Transparency. Transparency is the best policy. Just be honest. Just be like, yeah. no, this isn't the right time for me. So, you know, I see you when I see you. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. But people take things really personally. Oh my God, the world is so sensitive these days. I have to watch what I say. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like the more transparent and the more real you are, there's going to be people who don't like that, obviously, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. I ain't even thinking um, about it. A couple more quick fire questions. I don't want to keep you too long, but. It's cool. What is like. Okay. What is like, uh, what's like one of your most desired qualities when you're looking for a partner? Uh, somebody who has as much going on as me. So busy, like fucking be busy. Busy and know what you want. Like be very assertive about your passion and your, you know, what, where you're, you where you think you're headed, where you want to go, who you want to be and uh, be, you know, dedicated to that. Because something that I learned is that when you get into a relationship with somebody, when you're the person that has everything going on, then they just want to be just all up in your mix. And it's like, wait a minute, dude, like I was doing this way before you came around. So like now, like I'm having to fit you into like, 
my schedule. whole schedule. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, if you weren't autumn, if you weren't already doing that when we met, like, it's just, I don't know. It just don't feel right. It's squeezing somebody into your life, you know? Yeah. It's like, yo, I, I need somebody to be busy like I am because that, first of all, that's hot. Like that's attractive, you right. know, like if you got like some projects, some gigs, some creativity going on, you got people calling you, you're like, you're doing stuff. Like you're, right. you're trying to like up level. You're trying to like be who you are. And right. I, I feel like, yeah, that was actually one of the reasons why my, my most previous relationship actually, um, it didn't work out because I feel like I had good stuff going on. This is like when I was living in Miami and I was teaching yoga and I had my podcast and like, just like I would, I would travel and he would make me feel super guilty about it. And like, he didn't have much going on in his life. And I feel like that was the, that was the thing. And he was yeah. also a couple of years younger than me too. It's gotta be, it's gotta be equal gotta be equal that's definitely one of the things that happened with my ex she didn't even want to she was currently in school i had already graduated and like she didn't even want to go to class like because she just wanted to hang out and i'm like bruh you should probably go to class like you know what i'm saying like i don't know like maybe i'm tripping but you should go to school like that's what you're here to do. Like, you're not even from this country. You came to this country to go to school and what, you met me. So now like, that's just going to be whatever. Like, no, nah, take your yeah. ass to class. That's how some girls are. That's how some people are. Men, women, doesn't matter what gender you are. Like you get so sucked in and so like, just kind of obsessed. And like, once you find that person you're just like, oh, like I feel good around them or like, all your stuff just flies out the fucking window. Like all your passions, all your like inspiration, like all your drive is just like channeled into this person. And like, that's not healthy either. Yeah. Don't let that happen. Her problem is she didn't even know what she wanted to do. I don't, right. I still don't know if she knows because she'll hit me up and tell me <laughs> she's doing this every time she hits me up. And I don't really like talk to her. But every time she'll hit me up, she's doing something else and she's working with a different group of people. And I'm like, dude, you don't really know what you want to do, but I know what I want to do. So definitely so, be busy, like yeah. have a passion and dedicate yourself to that, you know? So what is it that you're, that you're doing? I mean, after fake famous, like, like, what are you doing? Like, what's your, what's your main fucking shit that you're doing right now? So my main hustle is, I mean, it's art. It's always been art. Um, my clothing line is definitely like my main focus. Um, last one left by one off recycled garment project is going to be, it's going to be one of the biggest brands in the future. Um, basically just, I'm innovating ways to use secondhand clothes and objects and making things that already exist, you know, new and appealing again. And uh, it's kind of an, it's a little bit of an unexplored path by a lot of people who say that they're into like fashion. I'm not, I don't care for fashion. I'm a, I'm a designer, but at the end of the day, I am using 
clothes as a canvas. I'm not, I'm not considering myself a fashion designer. You know, I'm right. not, I'm not, my brand is not a fashion brand. Okay? You're like repurposing them and like. Yes. My brand is a concept it. brand, concept brand. Okay. That means that I'm taking a concept and applying it to different things. I'm not trying to be fashion. I have style. There's a difference, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, that clothes and music, that's it. Clothes and music. That's all that I, that's all that I'm focused on. If it's not clothes, then it's music. If it's not music, then it's clothes and all the things that go into that. So all the mediums, the artistic outlets, they go into that photography, videography, all of that. I'm heavily into all of that. And I've got a whole squad around me that's, you know, they're, they're influencing all of those interests as well. So it's probably not going to stop anytime soon. You know, no, it just kind of, you know, you flow into one thing and one thing leads to the next. I actually, I went to fashion school in Florida Oh wow! Um, and I worked in the fashion industry in LA. I lived in LA for four years, um, from 2012 to 2015, 16. And I worked in the fashion industry and I fucking hated it at like, and I spent four years of my life in fashion school and mainly like wardrobe styling and styling okay. was my thing, not design and fashion photography and stuff like that. But I worked for these, a couple companies and some production stuff in LA. And it just, it just made me realize like, oh, wow, this is actually like not what I want to do. Yeah. Which yeah. sucks. Like, like I love, I love styling and I love fashion. And I, I still like intertwine that into what I do now, like on my Instagram and like whatever, but it's not only about fashion. It's about, it's about the vibe. It's about like mm -hmm. who I am, you know what I mean? Like, and you don't have to have a lot of money to look like you have style. Oh, I yeah. love going to the thrift store. I fucking love that. Like when I was living in California, the thrift store situation out there is amazing it's probably really good when you were going yeah that was now like kind of everybody of knows that that's where they should go and a lot of people just it's a business for them so yeah you know? <clears throat> but um i've been inside those big offices you know i've been inside those big productions those big brands i know how it goes that's why i'm like you know i'm not really into fashion per se if a fashion company that I like would like to hire me that's a different story I might as, take as their as like the face as like a model for them or like a designer I mean for anything yeah if it's either one of those things but um that's the only way that I think I would consider myself to be working in fashion you know yeah what about acting like after fake famous came out and you're kind of just like settling into your life and like doing you like, are you getting more opportunities thrown your way to like be on film or TV? Um, I don't know. Like <laughs> to like, be real, to be real, I haven't been getting hit up as many times as everybody else has been getting hit up because I think they're pretty, they're, they they kind of know like 
we can't control or predict what this guy's gonna say. I don't know if you noticed, but they went on like the Today Show, and everybody was on it except me. And I was like, I didn't know that. I was like, damn, I didn't get the memo. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? But then I looked at the picture on the TV screen and. If you understand what I'm saying, I just know that I probably just wouldn't look right in that crowd, <laughs> in that mix that they had. So I was like, it's fine. Like, I don't need to be on the Today Show. I'm really not even today. I'm like next year. So it's fine. You I don't know. need to. I don't really need to be on the Today Show. But yeah, everybody was on the Today Show except Chris. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I checked my email. I was like, did I ignore this email? I was like, nope, I didn't even get it crazy right but i think yeah i think you're right though it's like they it's very cookie cutter it's very like proper it's like mm-hmm. and who the fuck wants to be on shit like that where you have to like you know sit up and like be fake look the day that they called me to be on the today show i won't forget i won't forget that they did this and i'll make sure that i remember I, i'm gonna remind them i'm gonna remind them <laughs> that this happened so anyways uh, I don't know if I'm completely into like acting. I'm, I kind of feel like I could, a lot of people have told me I could act. One of my roommates, he's, he's in entertainment and he's big into getting big into acting. And I read lines with him just to help him out and stuff sometimes. And he's like, damn, bro, you could probably, you could probably act, but I don't know. I don't really feel like acting like nobody except myself at this point in time. So I just feel like if it's meant to be, it will happen. If you want me to be on your show or whatever, then just hit me up. That's the way that I was on this podcast. Cause literally I saw that today show thing and I was like, wow, I'm not, I'm not expecting to hear from these HBO people about opportunities. If this is what's happening, you feel mm-hmm. me? And I was like, well, I'm going to be my own manager. Yeah. People hit me up to do podcasts. I'm like, all right, you cool. I'll do it. (laughs) You know? Which I'm so happy you you were down to do it. Yeah. I was glad that you hit me up too. I was down. I was just like, yo, like I've, I fuck with this dude's energy and I feel like I've met you before, but like, I, (laughs) I, I like, I, I truly do believe in like energy and past lives and soul contracts. Like, like what you were just saying. If it's meant to be, if if something's meant to be in, in your life, that shit's not going to pass you by. That shit's going to flow into your path. You know, if you say no this time, something else is going to come that's better, more in alignment, Absolutely. more good for you. And it's like, you know, I could have just sat there and been like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool if that guy was on my podcast and, like, just didn't DM you. Or I could have just said, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to DM him. And, like, yeah. like, you have literally nothing to lose. So, like, people who are listening who are – are like okay well i just don't know how to like like get these things to come to me just fucking put yourself out there oh trust me yes do that do that absolutely a hundred percent look i am in texts and email conversations with very important people and i don't know exactly all the time what they want to hear from me or what they're expecting and i'll just I'll just send them stuff until they're interested sometimes, you know, and then it'll work, you know, it'll sometimes work. And sometimes it's just like, it doesn't, but you got to try. 
Yeah, because if you don't try, then you're you're just keeping yourself back from. You will never know. That's right. right. That's right. Well, I feel like I could talk to you for a long time, and I feel like it'd be cool if you were like a reoccurring guest, and we can talk about different types of shit. Oh, what? You gonna bring me on again? That'd be cool. I mean, I'd love to have you back on um, to talk about all things dating and just life and. Is there anything of... else that you feel like you missed today? Um, let me see. I mean, I feel like I could talk to you for a long time. I I have in my notes I wanted to talk about friendships and like friendship falling outs, but that's kind of like a whole thing that I'd love to get into with you okay. like another time. I have I have written down here, what's your guilty pleasure? What is my guilty pleasure? Oh, ah, I don't know. You know, it's really crazy. So uh, not too long ago, I had to write it down and really meditate on the fact that any, that pretty much any pleasure that I seek is not guilty. So I don't know that I, because I don't want to feel guilt when I do right. it. Um, Like for uh, me, it's it's laying in bed on Reddit. Like I'm trying to go to sleep, but I'm like on Reddit. <laughs> like that makes me feel pretty guilty, but I'm like, but this is fun, but it's like also making me feel like shit. So that's my guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure is definitely going back through my childhood and watching all the trash TV shows that I used to watch. Yes. So like, ah, uh, like flavor of love is on Hulu my god and i'll just sit there and watch the whole fucking season (laughs) that's my shit i can't even lie um yeah definitely that that's one for sure okay like trashy reality TV. just trash television love it love trash television i love the trifling people that they find on these shows any type of shows like even cops like i'll sit there and watch cops like, I don't know why. Actually, as a black man, I shouldn't be attracted to that shit at all, but I love watching cops. Like, that shit be funny. I'm like, bruh, these are real people. Like, I can't yeah, believe you're, this. You're, like, in your home and you're safe and sound, so you're like, all right, yeah, I'll watch shit. Exactly. Like, any kind of trashy TV, that's definitely, like, a guilty pleasure. I don't have cable, but, like, if you can stream it, I'll watch it. Yeah. You know? Who the fuck has cable anymore? Um, well, I think we did cover a lot, but I really do want to have you back on because that'd be fun to like Let's have like it. just like a reoccurring kind of thing. But all right, um, where can everybody find you? And well, I'm obviously gonna link it in the show notes. So you can find me in Los Angeles. In real life, you can find me at flea markets all around Los Angeles. Um selling clothes, making t-shirts for people on the spot. Um, But you can find me on Instagram at Chris verse myself. And my brand is called one off project, the number one off project. And um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Follow up and you might be able to find me in real life too. Yeah. If I'm, if I come back out to LA, I'll let you know. I was actually, you gotta hit me up. I was living in Long Beach from July to January, and then I just moved back to Florida in January. So 
all my people are out there, like a lot of my friends and family and stuff are out there, but it's just so fucked up with COVID. It's just like, mm-hmm. I gotta just like chill and, you know. No, I feel you. It's it's a little bit of a difficult place to be in, but uh, I mean, if you can make it work, it's still a good place to be at, you know? Yeah. Oh, what's up? Is that your cat? Yeah, that's my cat. His name's Nar. He's been sitting next to me this whole time, just listening. Nice. He's he's the best. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into that episode. I really loved talking to Chris. Uh, go connect with him. Go follow him on Instagram. And we are going to re-debut the full song called Let It Go by Matt Bellina, co-written by me. Enjoy this full version of the song. Right now Within these chaotic waves My main goal is not to react To my triggers For they do not Deserve a drop Of my energy, I choose to take away of least resistance. Everything you did, everything you said is not proud of me. So I let it go. Let it go. I let it go. I let it go. And I take a breath. I feel it hit the back of my chest these days. My perspective. space to really be me so excuse me while I soak myself in this bathtub portal and wash away everything you did everything you said is not proud of me So I let it go I let it go I let it go I let it go I 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.